Ladies and gentlemen, to those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn away now. To those of you who think they can take it, we say, Welcome to the Madhouse. It's tubby time. Come on, jump in that bar for a quick tubby. My name is Jimmy. Over there is Joey. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. This is the Madhouse podcast movie review. How you doing, Mr. Glass? Do you want to tell us a little bit about what's ailing you today? Yeah, sure. Mr. Um, Glass in the corner. I have... Two broken ribs. <laughs> um, should we tell? Do you want to tell them how it happened, or should we just leave it out there that it was shenanigans? Yeah, I don't want to go into too much detail, but it was drunken shenanigans after we won a competition. Yeah, Great British Alternative Festival. Yeah, Headstone Horrors won, which means we get to play a bigger stage next year. Yeah, we get to. I think we get to open the main stage hopefully yeah. next year, which will be very nice. It's a good show. I am on Cody. No, that's a bonus. So if I go off on one, I am also having a brandy. Yes, that's. It's probably nothing to do with the codeine. It's probably got something to do with the brandy that you're mixing with it, which is good. Sure, we'll find out in about twenty minutes, I guess. Lovely. So creep. Ah, your yes. choice. Yes. Did you watch it before you chose it? Yes, I did watch it before I chose it. Did you like it? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. So did I. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, pretty good. After Borderlands. Yeah. Which was also a found footage. Yeah. We stick it with the shaky cam. Yeah. Lovely. And we'll get into the amount of shaking that was in this film later. Oh. Is it good or bad? Good or bad. We'll find out. Yeah, definitely. After the plot slots. Oh, we're going straight in, are we? Well, I felt like it was a good uh, segue. It wouldn't have to go straight into it at all. No, that's fine. Let's do it. Let's do it. I have made one mistake. Oh, okay. Have you not pressed record? The same shenanigans. <laughs> I have pressed record. <laughs> the same shenanigans that caused me to break two ribs. Yes. Possibly caused me to lose my phone. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, which was a bit of a nightmare. I have a new phone. I have no idea how to set a timer on it. So I'm going to keep an eye on that clock over there. <laughs> oh, we're going old school. <laughs> yeah. And if okay. it gets to 10 minutes, I'll do an alarm sound. What? Uh, can I just have a warning of the alarm sound, please? Tell you what. Awooga! Awooga! Or we could use one of the sound pad things I just showed you. That's very good. Yes, let's do that. I really hope we don't make it so you can hear that again. Uh, listen. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that on the recording. Well, we'll find <laughs> out. We'll find out. Yep. Take it away, Jimmy. Start the plot slot for Creep. Okay, Creep. So, we open with a guy filming himself whilst driving. 
very dangerous. Apparently going to film a man for a day for the tidy sum of 1,000 bucks. He climbs the huge flight of stairs to the door where he gets no answer. So he heads back down to his car. Boom! Aaron is startled by Guy Joseph at his window who explains to him that he is a cancer survivor and now has a brain tumour. Shit luck. Terrible luck. He wants Aaron to follow him around and document his day so that if he does die before his son is born, his wife can show him the video of what his dad was like. Right, this dude likes to hug. Yes. First port of call for the documentary is to film him in the tub. Now, alarm bells at this point should be ringing in Aaron's head. Even more so when he calls it a tubby and pretends to wash a, what can only be described as a mime baby. Yeah, that's weird. Yep. And this is probably the point where Aaron should leave. But he doesn't. He has a gander around looking for something to go for a walk in, doesn't he? Yes, he's, uh, yeah. Uh, Joseph says, go down, look in the wardrobe. There's a jacket in there. Yes, and Aaron stumbles on a wolf mask in a wardrobe. Joseph explains that this is just peach fuzz. He puts it on and does a creepy song and dance. Then they head out to find the heart rock that apparently can cure illness. Joseph runs off. Aaron can't find him. Boom! Joseph makes him jump for the third time in the film. Yeah. Leave now, Aaron. Leave! Yeah, he needs to leave. So they're walking through the woods and they find the heart rock. It's a rock with a heart shape in it, isn't it? Yes, it is. Cue more hugging and more weird behaviour. They do a little sort of an anointing ceremony. Yeah, some weird bathing each other's heads. Yeah. So then Joseph's like, right, let's go off to this place because they do the best, best pancakes. So they head off to Billy Bear's where they have a very bizarre conversation about feeling ashamed. And Aaron tells a story of peeing his pants as a kid, and Joseph shows him pictures he took of Aaron on the sly, which he feels ashamed of. So Yeah, uh, and it happened like two hours ago. Yeah, when he wasn't there, and it, he's peeping from various locations. Yeah. So this is the point that Aaron, who is the guy filming this documentary, documentary, should probably leave again. Uh, nope. He thinks about it, but is persuaded in for a whiskey when they get back to the house, house yeah. that Joseph is claiming is his. Boom! Fourth jump. <laughs> whiskey and weird behavior. Aaron tries to leave, but Joseph blurts out that he lied. Not knowing the camera still on, he blurts out that he raped his wife wearing the peach fuzz mask. Awkward. And his wife liked it. Awkward. Yeah, his, his wife was into, apparently into bestiality and that kind of business. Enforcing, yeah. Aaron's keys are missing and he is talked into staying. They drink. Hooray! <laughs> but not hooray. Oh. Aaron slips something into Joseph's drink and he passes out. Aaron answers a call from a phone that he has taken out of Joseph's pocket. And it's a woman that Aaron thinks is Joseph's wife, but is not. And she explains that Joseph is not who he claims to be and that he needs to get out of the house right now. Joseph, wearing the peach fuzz mask, blocks the exit and a tussle ensues and the camera goes all fuzzy. Peach fuzzy? Peach fuzzy. Yeah, boy. Cut. 
to a film footage of Joseph digging a hole or grave. This turns out to be a video sent to Aaron in the post. Another strange parcel arrives at Aaron's house. It's a knife and a DVD. It's Joseph apologising and also telling Aaron to look deeper into the parcel. Uh, I just want to say that the box was f***ing massive for a DVD and a knife. Oh yeah, it was, wasn't it? And what they find in the bottom of it. Excessive. And this is a world where we all need to recycle. Yeah, if there's one thing Joseph needs to change about his lifestyle, it's definitely the amount of cardboard he's shipping. Well, yeah, that's what that's what the end of the film is. Is that the moral of the story? Yes, that's what happens at the end. Ah, oh, see, now I get it. Anyway, at the bottom of this massive box, which is just irresponsible, yep. he finds a stuffed toy wolf. Inside the wolf is a locket. Inside the locket is a picture of Aaron and Joseph. So maybe call the cops. Oh, the cops do f- all standard joseph has been getting into aaron's house and f***ing with him for some reason aaron's kept the camera filming him while he's sleeping just put that out there so there's this bit where the camera is on aaron and then the camera lifts up yeah and it films his body and uh, it's basically yeah joseph's being a little bit of a creep aaron wakes up the next morning finds his window thing that they have on front of the windows. What are those called? Screens. A screen cut open and there's a DVD stuck in the uh, on his windowsill uh, yes. with Sharpie that says last DVD. Yeah. So it's Joseph and he's heartbroken that Aaron threw away the locket with their pictures in, but he wants to meet one last time to explain himself in person. They're going to meet at 11 a.m. at Lake Gregory. What could go wrong? It's the middle of the day. It's fine. People everywhere, Jimmy. Yeah. be right. Thousands. So Aaron arrives at the lake, but leaves his camera in his car, pointed at the bench where he's set to meet Joseph. He looks around and sits on the bench. Joseph, wearing peach fuzz, slowly enters the shot, drops an axe down out of his jacket while Aaron's facing away the whole time. Yeah. Slowly creeps up behind. Axe held high, then down straight on Aaron's head. Gah, brutal. And then ends with Joseph talking to the camera where he explains that Aaron will always be his favourite of them all. And Joseph's watching this video back and he's loving it. And then Joseph on the video jumps out. Screams and it scares the other Joseph. Yeah, it scared me. Yeah, that was am, good. am I the other Joseph? Yeah, yeah two, okay. two Josephs there, and that was ah, oh, it's a f- good bit. And then it really sort of finishes when he's doing it all again, doesn't he? And we get to see him sort of putting out another ad for someone, and uh, then you get to see all the videotapes and the the CDs. Yeah, of all the dead, a lot people that he's killed, or all the people that he's made dead. Lovely. What's the difference between people he's killed and people he's made dead? I don't know. I was f***ing rambling there. I was <laughs> I was lost. I don't know where you were. I thought you were going to pop in. <laughs> I, I didn't kill him, your honour. <laughs> Just made him dead. Just made him dead, innit? Yeah. Lovely. Shall we? We cool. think we did it in just under 10 minutes. Yeah, I think yeah. we did it in nine. Sweet. I'm going to say nine. Yeah, we did it. And now we're going to go... And talk about Frights and Delights. Right. And we'll mention who directed it and everything. We haven't done that yet. Yeah, let's all all get tubby. Oh, 
Toby Tam. Hope everyone's got their peach fuzz masks on because we're just gonna get down and dirty with Frights and Delights. Let's oh, creep yeah. on. Well, uh, this is a film we didn't say earlier, directed by Patrick Bryce. Okay. Written by Patrick Bryce and Mark Duplass. Yeah. Is how we've decided just now to say his name. Yeah. And starring Patrick Bryce and Mark Duplass. Lovely. So it's all in house. Yes, yeah, literally. Two. Yes, yeah, literally two people who are in the film and yeah. have done it. Yeah, they just bought a camera. Well, well probably had a camera already. They've both done films before. But lots of the ideas for the film came from conversations between Patrick Bryce and Mark Duplass. This led to a lot of improvisation rather than working from a script. They started yes. out making a psychological black comedy were urged by their friends to make it into a psychological horror after they were shown an early screening. Oh, so that's nice. That. Yeah. I, nice yeah. Fright. Uh, no, that's a delight. It is a delight. I, I do like the fact that a lot of it was sort of improvised. Yes. But you don't, you don't really, you don't really see that. Do you know what I mean? That it was improvised. You think, hold on, they thought really hard about oh, yeah. all these little weird, quirky things that yeah. Joseph does that are really quite creepy. And then when you hear about it being, actually, he just improvised this sort of stuff on the spot. They had a, a, a literal thing of what they wanted to do, right, we want this. But then going off and having the freedom to just yeah, do all these creepy days. things. Like, I can imagine the scene where he doesn't let Aaron out and he's wearing peach fuzz and he's up against the door and he won't let him out. I can yeah. fully imagine that's probably uh, improvised where he starts grinding <laughs> yeah, up yeah. against the door <laughs> and dancing. It's like, right, what shall I do here to stop him getting out? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to just rub my butt all over this door. <laughs> this is my door now. Yeah. You can't use it. Rub my ass on this. My door. Yeah, I liked that improvisation, and it worked really well, I think. Yeah. Because I can imagine uh, Patrick Bryce just following uh, Mark Duplass through the woods, yeah. and he's just thinking of things, I'm going to piss off now, Yeah, and he's going to have to come and find me and just get the shit out of him. Yeah. Duplass said he was inspired uh, in the making of this film by a few classics from the the psychological kind of genre, including Misery. Yes, fair play. And Fatal Attraction. His previous strange experiences on Craigslist also gave him a few ideas for the story. I didn't see exactly what happened to him because of Craigslist, but I bet there's some interesting stories. Yeah. Craigslist, or as as the Americans call it, Craigslist. Is it Craigslist? No, it's it's Craigslist, because we say Craig the correct manner. Yes. Because we're we're British. Yes, yes. Uh, the Americans pronounce Craig, Craig. Aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Craigslist. Craigslist. Not having a pop. Meh. Yeah. Where am I? Anyway. All right. What have you got, Jimbo? What have I got? What have I got? F- oh, you caught me on the spot there. Sorry, did not realise we we're going to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Let's see. Off the top of my head. A delight, I think. Because it is very funny, this film. 
Yeah, it's I got think, some good bits. I think it is quite funny. And when we find Aaron uh, at the house, he can't get in and he's looking and he's filming around and he just focuses on the axe yep. that's there. And yes. he's a bit weirded out by that, which I don't think I would be. No, I wouldn't be. Because it's you're chopping wood. And also, uh, Joseph brings that axe up. says, you know when you saw the axe earlier, did you think I was going to might kill you with it? And I was like, that's not enough to make someone think you might kill them. In the middle of the woods, outside yeah. your cabin, having an axe stuck in the stump. Like, you've obviously just been chopping wood for the wood burner. Yes, but there's a lovely bit between those two bits that we've just mentioned. Yeah. While they're walking, Joseph is like... Oh, so, you know, oh, have you got any, he says to Aaron, have you got any, I can't remember if it's like issues or whatever, something. And Aaron goes, yeah, I've got, I've got this X. And Joseph turns around and goes, Axe, I've, I've got an X. <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. And he's like, no, X. And he's like, oh, oh I thought you said Axe. I've got an Axe. Did you see that axe? And then he goes into yes. the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was nice. And then he does kill him with the axe. He does, yes. It was a good one. Do you think Joseph, from the very start of getting this guy to come and film him, do you think he is... Does he have a plan, is what I'm saying? Do you think he's got that plan that he is going to go through all this and eventually going to hit him on the head with the axe? Is that um, the way he wants to kill him? Because he's setting it up at the start with the axe, bringing it into the middle about the axe, and then at the end kills him with the axe. Or is he? I or is do, he sort but of... because I have watched Creep Two, mm. and he brings up the axe. Yeah, uh, and he says, "I gave him all the warnings. I put an axe there." Yes, and <sighs> he still stuck around with me. Yeah. And she goes, did you kill him with that axe? He went, uh-huh. And like really off the cuff, uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. So I, I think maybe the axe is his kind of a, a warning. He's, he says he's letting people know all the whole time. I'm weird. Uh, this is going to happen. And it's like they want it, which is clearly not true. But yeah. So, I, But I don't know if he's definitely going to kill him. I think he kills the people he likes. Oh, so you don't think he kills everyone? No, no he think... must do. He must kill everyone. Why? That's how he's getting away with it. No, but if someone just turned up and did the video shoot, and then he said, "I'm being," a... he started being a bit weird, and as we would have left. Yeah, I think he'd have just left it at that. Okay, so if we had left at Tubby time, yeah, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't. Have he wouldn't have gone. killed us because he wouldn't. Okay. He's saying wolves they kill the things they love. Yeah. Yes. I don't think that's true. No, <laughs> but probably not. It's a, it's a tough one to figure out what the guy is thinking the whole process that he's going through. Yeah, because he's literally all over the place. Yeah. It's like, bam, 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 bam. Like, his moods are all... Did you believe him at the beginning when he was telling the story about having the brain tumour and his wife is pregnant? At the very, very beginning... Yeah. Yes, until he jumped into the tubby. Yeah, that halfway was... through tubby time. Yeah. Because I, I got what he was doing. I thought, ah, people who are dying, they've yeah. got two months, you're, you're not going to see your child born. That must be yeah. horrendous. Yeah. People will do weird things. What's weird to me might not be weird to you. Yeah. You might seem perfectly normal to you. But yeah, 
the uh, the dipping the fake tootsies in the water and going tick 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 with a yeah. baby that's not there. I'm rubbing him and going, oh, oh, you smell, oh, and all that yeah. sort of shit. That was weird. That's when I go. I'll be like, all right, mate, because he's in the bath, so you could get out. Yeah. You get out sharpish. Yeah. Uh, Duplass said there were around 10 to 12 versions of every scene. Oh, wow. Because they shot a lot, including multiple alternative endings. So I hope we get to see them. One. I always hope we get to see them one day. That'd be great. It's out on DVD now. So maybe there's an alternative ending option in the extras. I don't know. On on now, it came out like seven years ago, didn't it? Uh, Yeah, but it's had, uh, I think it might have come out on DVD in 2016 or something. Okay. I've got it in a note for later, I think. Oh, that'd be good. Looking Uh, at all that, yeah. Creep premiered on March the 8th, 2014. Yeah. At South by Southwest Film Festival and received good reviews. The rights were purchased by a company called Radius TWC to be released straight to DVD. However, for some reason, this release never actually happened and the film remained unreleased and unseen. The rights were eventually picked up in June 2015 by The Orchard and Sony Entertainment and were released worldwide the next month and licensed to Netflix. In April 2016, the film was released on DVD after becoming a small cult success. Absolutely. So it's been out for four years, the DVD, yeah. Uh, I'm just old and time passes quickly. (laughs) (laughs) DVD! (laughs) What's a DVD? Well, we know. Kids don't know what a DVD is. Sure, yeah. Twat. So that shows how old I am, assuming the old person wouldn't know what a DVD is. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair dues, fair dues. I've got no more Frights and Delights rated, related to the the story. Okay. Oh, go on then. What else you got? I'm going to have a sip of the brandy. Um, I have a found footage real life murder. Oh, are you going to screen it on your telly now for us? No, it's, um, it's not actually a real life. I don't have it. Oh. With me. No snuff. story of one. Uh, oh, okay. Do you have anything extra? Extra, extra. Do I have something extra? Yeah, yeah, I've got a bit, but you, you crack on. All right, well, this next story is quite horrifying. So just a heads up, <laughs> if you want to skip it. Was it just you moving from that slou- uh, slouch position upwards? Because you looked in a lot of pain there. I am constantly <laughs> in pain every time I move. It's not fun having broken ribs. And I'm sorry if there's a rustling, but I have shoved cushions behind me to prop (laughs) me up so I can be close enough to a microphone. It's not. It's all his popcorn and uh, crisps. Oh, yeah. It's troughing. Yeah. Um, This story, anyway, is done in... What did you just call me? (laughs) I called you fatty. I don't know why, because you went... (laughs) Well, now I'm going to have a complex... This is done in memory. I'm trying to be serious. <laughs> Sorry. Right, um, serious times. Cassie Joe Stoddart, who died at just 16 years old in 2006. So this is a horrifying story. Oh, okay. Not a ghost Shit. story. This is a murder. Ooh. So strap in. In 2006, two friends and complete dickheads suffering from both a desperation for fame and a big case of being talentless pricks with an incel complex decided to film the planning and murder of an innocent 16-year-old girl and apparent joy to be around, Cassie Jo Stoddart. That is, she was apparently a joy to be around. Yes. 
The two boys, whose names I'll only say once for the purpose of telling this story and then I will promptly forget, are Brian Lee Draper and Tori Michael Adamsick. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. They were 16-year-old boys who had boners for the Columbine killers and a fascination with, but not the ability to handle, the Scream franchise. The former had a crush on Cassie and was allegedly pissed off. She had a boyfriend called Matt. I couldn't find his surname. He probably wants to be anonymous, so I didn't dig too deep. Yeah, fair days. The story relates to today's episode because the two murderers used a handheld camera to film themselves planning the murder of an innocent schoolgirl. They held their own secret meetings to discuss their plans, frequently talking to the camera, documenting it all through shit-eating grins as though they generally thought they were clever and cool. The footage they made is horrifying and chilling real-life found footage horror. On the night of the murder, 22nd of September 2006, Cassie and her boyfriend Matt were house-sitting for her aunt and uncle. The two murderers came over to see them both and to watch a film together. Little did Cassie know that the two boys were only there as this was the night they'd picked to kill her. While in the house, the boys locked most of the doors and said they had decided to go and watch a film at the cinema instead of staying with the couple. They then left the house, went and bought cinema tickets, and returned to the scene of their horrendous plan to overcompensate for their lack of game. The plan was to somehow lure Matt outside and kill him first, so they could get to Cassie alone, because two-on-two would just be too much of a fair fight. However, Matt was soon picked up by his mother and the two boys stalking outside promptly sighed a sigh of relief and not actually having to fight someone their own size. They shut off the power to the house then entered the premises, purposefully slamming the door to scare Cassie, knowing that she couldn't escape the premises easily. When they got to her, they stabbed her 30 times. Twelve of the wounds she received would have been fatal on their own, as in each individual stab. Yeah, f***. The boys didn't film the murder, but they did film themselves driving away from the scene, gleefully bragging to the camera about what they had just done and talking about getting their stories straight. Oh, pricks. Cassie's body was found by her 13-year-old cousin when she returned to the house with her parents, who were Cassie's uncle and aunt. The plan was to use the cinema tickets they purchased earlier in the evening as an alibi. However, after the police spoke to Cassie's boyfriend, they interrogated the sick filmmakers about the murder. Both boys tried to pin it on each other after spilling the beans as they cracked under pressure. The footage they so happily filmed was eventually found and used in court to sentence them. In August 2007, both boys were sentenced to a life sentence without the possibility of parole for first-degree murder and 30 years without parole for conspiracy to commit murder. Good. There you go. Jesus Christ, what a pair of pricks. Yep, and I've seen some of the footage. They didn't film the murder. No? Well, I read they didn't film the murder, and I didn't want to see if they had, so I didn't look for it. But there was the footage of them skipping school... Sorry, not skipping school. They were in school skipping one of their periods, bragging about it to the camera, because that's what you do when you're a child. Yeah, basically. But then also bragging that tonight was the night that Cassie was going to die. Oh, shit. And that they had their plan down. One of them was even scribbling down notes, and they were looking up and laughing at each other. Just, I don't know. It's really eerie that they were so nonchalant joking. (sighs) Well, yeah. It's like how we're like... Luke's just fallen asleep. Luke, our drummer, has just fallen asleep in the spare room. Let's go pop a balloon by the door. That'll be hilarious. 
type thing. Yeah. Not, um, we're going to go stab someone. Oh, yeah. Luke's fallen asleep, our drummer, in the spare room. Let's go teabag him. <laughs> well, that's borderline. Well, if Luke know, likes teabagging and he's, he knows um, it's coming. He's, uh, he's slept at my flat quite a lot. And I've always teabagged him. I doesn't know. I've slept at your house quite a lot. I ain't teabagging you. <laughs> What's wrong with me? I don't find Michael <laughs> J. Fox uh, attractive. That's a lie. Everyone does. I found uh, I find uh, that guy from Full Metal Jackal Jacket attractive. <laughs> Which one? That could uh, that could go a lot of ways. He played uh, bollocks. No, I'm going on a tangent here. This is bullshit. Right, these pair of pricks. Wow. Yeah, we did move on Disgusting. swiftly from horrible bastard murderers to teabagging a drummer in a yeah. spare room. All right, so uh, I've got a I've got a couple of pair of pricks for you. Couple of pair of pricks. Another couple. Yeah, might as well. Do you remember that phase f- happy slapping? Oh yeah. Hang on. I'm reaching for a drink in the house. Yes. Right. Couple of pricks. Mark Masters and Sean Thompson, wankers. In 2018, teenagers, Mark and Sean were playing a thuggish and brutal game they called Happy Slap. Which was not so much a game as beating up innocent passers by when they targeted 29 year old Gavin Waterhouse. They had a 15-year-old female friend film their attack on the phone. They giggled and joked as they punched Waterhouse repeatedly in the face, then kicked him into unconsciousness after he fell down. Pussies. Then oh. kick someone while you're down. Although he survived the initial attack, Mr. Waterhouse failed to seek medical attention and died three days later, alone in his apartment. From a ruptured spleen. Shit. Proud of their work, the teens shared their footage with friends and posted it online. Even though this footage was used to convict the pair in court, they were both sentenced to under 10 years in juvenile detention centre. Hang on, how old were they? 18? Uh, well, we don't know. Teenagers, probably. I don't know. They don't, doesn't give their age. And that means fe- they were under and 18. The, and the f- girl who filmed it she only got two years so that's bullshit someone died they beat some beat the f*** out of someone and someone died that sucks here go this is a good one Did this you... is a bit more light hearted alright let me do uh, one one thing alright are you gonna call teenagers c- no oh I will don't need me to do it <laughs> <laughs> wankers it's not all teenagers just nah just the c- yeah um no, I was just going to ask you if you heard about the Sophie Lancaster latest details. Oh, the latest details? Sophie, well, it's probably a couple of weeks. Sophie Lancaster is a, was, was a 18-year-old girl, 17-year-old girl, beaten to death for being a goth, basically. Yeah, so some kids were beaten on her boyfriend in a park and she stepped in and tried to stop it and then they ended up kicking the f*** out of her and she died. And it's very bad. It was fucking sad at the time. It's still sad now. Yeah, well, um, the latest news I heard was that one of them, the guys who did it, might have been getting out. Yeah, they were trying to get paroles. It's been denied anyway. Bullshit. Good. That's what I was letting you know. in prison for that fucking shit. Can you believe that people just do that for the way you look? It's mental. Anyway, this nothing to do with creep. I just wanted to mention it in case you hadn't heard. This is an interesting story. 
Vesta Flanagan. That's an awesome name. It is. Vesta Flanagan, who went by the on-air name as Bryce Williams, was a reporter for Roanoke, Virginia TV station WBDG until 2013, when he was fired for anger issues. Nobody knew just how deep his anger issues went until two years later when ABC News received a 23-page fax document from Flanagan detailing the Myrard conspiracies and injustices he felt for being perpetrated against him. It was wildly paranoid and disillusional and obviously the writings of Dangerous Person, but by then it was too late. Flanagan had already shot and killed former co-workers Adam Ward and Alison Parker as they were in the middle of a live broadcast. Fuck. This was not the only video recording of the shooting. Flanagan made one himself, posting it to Facebook shortly after the murders. It is a chilling first-person account of the crime and has shown up across the internet in both edited and unedited versions. It was never shown to a jury. However, Flanagan killed himself with the same gun used in his crime just hours after the attack. Now, I remember seeing this at the time. This wasn't that long ago, was it, at all? No, it's like seven years. Yeah, and we're old, so that's no, not yeah, long ago. Pro- actually, no, it's probably, no, it's probably less than... Probably less than that, actually. It feels like four. Who knows? Time fucks yeah, off. Probably, probably four, innit? So, I remember seeing this. Uh, they were doing a broadcast. They were on like a like a balcony thing. Okay. Did you see it? Yeah, I think so. This very... It, it all rings a bell. Yeah, it was in like an apartment complex. Yeah, But they were outside. And at first, they, they clearly didn't know what was going on. And then it's horrendous. And you don't expect what's going to happen. Yeah. I didn't expect when I, I didn't know what the, was watching. Yeah. And then he posted his own video and it was absolutely horrendous. And that's like, uh, it's not just found footage. That was broadcast live footage. There you go. Beautiful. I mean, it's not beautiful, but you know, it's there if you want to go and see it. If that's your thing. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I thought I was meant to be the one tripping on painkillers. Oh, you pour me a massive brandy. You have next that pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's not beautiful. It's murderous. But if you want to educate yourself, is what yeah. I'll say. There's stuff out there. But don't go watching stuff that's going to change you. Okay, sweet. There you go. That was fun. Let's go and do the master and the macabre. Or Lovely. probably hang ourselves first. Whatever. Bye. Nah. Master of the Macabre. Right then, Jimmy, you ready for the Master of the Macabre? Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good one. I can feel it. <laughs> you want to have a hug first? Hug it out? Uh, no, no, no. You're right. It's cool. It's fine. No, I don't want to hurt your ribs. That's a good point, actually. Because just putting my arm out pretending hurt. <laughs> Well, I've got one choice. You've got one choice. Oh, one choice. There's only two guys in it, isn't there? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And there's one guy. I mean, uh, one guy is very good, and one guy is just very, very good. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. If we do the countdown this time, are you going to join in, or are you going to do the pussy thing and wait till I've started talking like the last time we did the countdown? No, I'm going to do it. All right. Three, two, one. I knew you weren't going to fucking do it. (laughs) 
Go on, do it again. <laughs> Three, two, one. Mark, Mark Duplass. Du- Duplass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mark Duplass, definitely master of the macabre. Kamab. Kamab. Master of the kamab. Master of the macabre. Absolutely beautiful. Like, this film could not have a better title. And he plays it beautifully. Like, you don't know where he's coming from. Yeah. Like, it's all over the shop. It wasn't originally going to be called Creep, was it? Ooh, I don't know. Shit, am I remembering that? Is that the painkillers talking? Ooh. Let me have a scroll. Oh, you have a scroll. I'm just going to have a... I'm going to have a a rant about how well Mark Duplass plays Joseph. Yeah. Yeah, so at first we get this... uh, We get this actual sense that he is... Actually, making a film for his unborn son, and that he is a cancer survivor, and he has now got this brain tumor, and he hasn't got long to live, and he's got a wife, and all this, and it seems very innocent and actually quite beautiful until about two minutes later when obviously he gets into the tub for a little bit of a tubby. Yeah, and that's when it sort of gets weird. And he still plays it, and he um, he always like tries to make him jump. There's always jumps in it, and it. He's always like kind of jumping out, and he's always running off in a weird way, and yeah. he's always very excitable. To be honest, if I'd have stuck around past Tubby time, the first time he jumps out from behind a rock, yeah, to test or whatever he's doing, I'm I'm gone then. Yeah, I'm, I'm gone. I, I, a stranger. Doing that to you in the middle of the woods. Ah, uh, Oh, no, a, it was a prank, bro. Like, no. Nah, I'm done, mate. You're a dickhead. I'm off, mate. Yes. I'm sorry, but... 100%. But. So... Off. So, uh, Patrick Bryce? Yep. Wow, what did we say about Patrick Bryce? Idiot. But the actor... Not the actor... But Patrick the, Bryce the, is the actor. Oh, sorry, but no, Aaron. oh no, he yeah, Aaron. Sorry, but Patrick <laughs> Bryce, he played you're that. Having a dig at someone's character. No, I wasn't. I do apologise. In personal character, not no, I do apologise. Honorable mention for Patrick Bryce. Yeah, got They've, to because he was brilliant in this. Absolutely. And, but the problem is the part was never as good. No, they. He had to be the kind of what's the word clueless. Yes. You know when uh, Joseph is like, does uh, this? Is this a, is this alright? You like you're fine. You want to you want to keep going. And yeah. every time you can feel like yeah, Aaron is thinking no I'll go. He comes. He just comes around. Uh, uh, no. Okay. 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 This is a yeah. Okay. Come on. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. And when most people would be like uh okay uh okay uh no I'm gonna piss off. Yeah. So I've been in this situation. Which possibly person? Once the or murderer twice. or the not wheel. the murderer? <laughs> okay. But in that. That sort of situation where you feel like you need to leave, but they won't let you leave. Yes. So I've been in that situation, and it is horrible. And that's and I do I see where Aaron's coming from, and he can't get away, and it is very uncomfortable. But yeah. I got away, and I wasn't yeah. murdered. I found the name, by the way. Okay. Originally going to be called Peach Fuzz. Yeah, yes, Peach Fuzz. I haven't found it, to be honest. I just remembered. Yeah, it was I Peach Fuzz. I don't even fuzz. know if I've got it yeah, written yeah. down. Um, Nat but said that, yeah. it was because 
he changed it because he didn't want people for a quarter of the film to be wondering why the hell the film was called Peach Fuzz. Yeah. He wanted in, them to be taking in all the intricate details. And uh, if they just called it Creep, it was pretty obvious from the go why it was called Creep. This guy's yeah. creepy. Beautiful. Um, but I want to say about Mark Duplass as my choice for Master of the Macabre. Okay, yeah. Because it's pretty awesome, isn't he? Yes, absolutely. Brilliant. He has an ability to make his character likable at the same time as being creepy and weird yep. in the beginning. Yeah. There is a type of person in the world that I think everyone has had an interaction with at some point in their life, like you were just talking about. Yep. And if you haven't had this interaction yet, you will. Or just go out and find it. Well, yeah, well, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're everywhere. And that is the the person that is just too much. They want to be your friend, but they want it too much, and it's weird, yeah. and they're enthusiastic. And in general, being enthusiastic is fine, but this person is just too enthusiastic, and it's weird. They're not just going to have a good day today, Jimmy. They're going to have the best day. Yeah. They're going to get up at 5 a.m. They're going to go for a run, and they're going to watch the sun come up as they exercise, and they're going to swear it's the most amazing way to start the day ever, and not just that, they want you to do it with them. (laughs) Yeah. And they'll tell you, you're going to love it. You're going to feel so alive, Jimmy. Uh, I don't. No, the whole time you're with this type of person, you'll be wondering if they are genuinely one of the best people ever who in their spare time volunteers to feed the homeless, or are they the worst person ever who probably uses their free time to kill and eat the homeless? Okay, yes. It goes either way. Yeah, it With does. this type of character. Yeah. But I think that Duplass is playing it this that character this way for this one, for this victim. Yes. I think he's played it differently for all the other victims. Or, oh, sorry, Joseph, yep. the character, played it all differently for all the other, I don't know, how many victims. He says 30-something. 30-something that he's in killed. Two, sorry, that's in yeah, two. so he's, uh, he's played it all differently. Yeah. So this is what we're seeing him as. And he says in his last as... DVD, doesn't he? Yeah. Is that so what you're talking about? Well, no, I'm saying that Joseph's not playing just that that person that we're seeing in this film. We're just seeing him playing in, in there. He's got in a hefty film. back catalogue of characters. Yeah, so he's playing different things. Yeah, I think in the last line. DVD what I was getting at is that he says, I've done this my whole life. Yeah. I just lie and I make stuff up and I can't stop. And yeah, I can't should have been an actor. Friends, I've lost everyone. Should have been an actor. Did he say he tried to be an actor? No, he said Sh- I should have been. Should an have actor. been an actor. Anyway, have you got more? So we Mark? giving it to Peach Fuzz. <laughs> yeah, let's give it to Mark <laughs> Duplass. Yeah, beautiful. Written, was, uh... written by him. Acted beautiful. Go watch a film called The Icarus Project. I will. He's, he plays I might a watch a horror film after you've gone tonight, actually. I'm going to eat a Chinoge. Yeah. Standard. Right, so let's move on. <laughs> the Madhouse Rain System. Yeah. Ah, that's a rib. <laughs> the Madhouse Rating System. Follow me out to the woods. 
because I'm going to make you rate this film. Oh, what a threat. It's a madhouse <laughs> rating system. Let's go. First up, we have tension and suspense. There's not much more tension than the day Jimmy kidnapped me, took me to the woods, <laughs> held a gun to my head, and I was like, what do you want? He was like, rate this film. <laughs> it wouldn't be a gun. I like oh. to be a little bit more brutal. It wouldn't be a gun, it'd be a bread knife. That's weirdly specific. Well, yeah, because I'm going to have a bit of bread with me as well. Oh, you want to cut, and like a fresh loaf as well with bread knives, because you need to cut it. Yeah, I want a little brain sandwich. Oh, it went weird again. The whole uh, thing has been a bit weird. Let's, uh, let's rate this thing. What did you say this first thing was? Uh, tension and suspense. This is a film, Jimmy. Yeah, it is a film. (laughs) This is a film that relies solely on the tension between two main characters. Aaron is just a normal, mundane guy. And Joseph is an over-the-top character. By the way, I think Joseph is the type of character who spells Joseph. (laughs) J-O-S-E-F. All right, you having a pop at the way I spelled it? Now I'm reading my own notes here, not yours. Right, okay. (laughs) I just, I thought while I was, I bet it's the type of guy who writes it with, writes it with an F. I'm a Joseph myself. Yeah, I know. Just trying to separate myself. Did I spell Joseph wrong? I don't in, know how uh, you spell Joseph. The, well, You're I taking this it the wrong J-O-E-S-F, way. J-O-E-S-F-J-O-E-S-P-H. Uh, what? That's what I spelled in. J-O-S. J-O-E-S-P-H. No, that's completely wrong. That's what I spelled it in the plot side. Like, I didn't even know And I'm notice. sure you didn't pick up on that. No, Thanks f- for the codeine. I was not having a dig <laughs> at the way you spelled it. I thought it looked I weird. It's J O S. Typing it. Jose. Oh, J O S. E P H F. E P H. Right, sorry. You wrote just. Yeah, f it. The tension comes from Jose. <laughs> constantly making Aaron feel on edge and straight up uncomfortable from tubby time <laughs> to constantly jumping on him I like the tension that is injected into this film through their interactions and nothing else they could be anywhere in any situation doing any task and these two characters would still create that uncomfortable scenario and that's awesome because yeah. most of it the, they're in the woods yeah you could do anything in the woods yeah. and get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the suspense in Creep, though, comes from the same place, but is added to by us, the viewer, because we are watching all these uncomfortable, weird interactions and we are feeling Aaron's discomfort, but we also know that this is a horror film and the suspense comes from that knowledge, the understanding that at some point things are going to get worse. It is definitely at some point going to intensify and is definitely going to boil over. We just don't know when it will happen or how the horror will manifest itself exactly. But knowing it is coming and guessing when and how is what bathes this film in suspense. Yes, absolutely. And I think it would be a tragedy of horror. Tragedy! And I get dramatic on the codeine. If we didn't give this a star, I would quit the podcast forever. No, this is 100% a star. Good, because I really don't want to quit the podcast forever. 
Yeah. But what's next? No, 100%. Uh, no, sorry, unless you've got stuff to say. No, it's fine. I'll bring it up later. So, second. Obviously, second <laughs> is the gore and visual effects. Yeah, you have no idea how much it hurt twisting to show you my screen. <laughs> I have to tell the viewers that. Super low budget. <laughs> Super low budget setup. It's a proper found footage film, all made from the point of view of Aaron's camera, all the way, every shot. It's just shaky enough. And this is what I was saying earlier. Yeah. That the shakiness of the camera would come up. Is it good or bad? Well, it's just shaky enough to feel real, but not too real, because that would be really difficult to watch. I think this was a very calculated choice. Okay. If we were watching genuine footage of someone running through the woods following someone trying to find someone being jumped out on, yeah, and they were just holding a camera, it would be almost impossible to tell what's going on. It would be impossible to watch and enjoy. And also, if they used a steady cam, they went the other way, it would feel too polished. It would feel too obvious that we weren't really in this thing. Yeah. If the, so if they it, found that balance. Yeah. If it was and they steady stuck cam. with it. Yeah, if it was a steady cam, it it wouldn't be the same film. So that's on Patrick Bryce. Because he was carrying the ca- I don't know if they used a rig, I don't know what they did, but it felt like he was generally just carrying that camera while running through the woods and stuff. But yeah, shaky cam. every single second he was in his head, this needs to be shaky. But if it's too shaky, people aren't going to see shit properly. And I need to be aiming... And everything the correct way. Even thinking about the sunlight while making a film with glare on the lens can cause trouble. Especially in the woods where it can shine through the trees at odd moments. And then I just have a little pop, just doing it every now and again, see what happens. Do what? Just keep doing that scene over and over again. Just to test out different ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we heard there were 10 or 12 takes of most of the scenes. There you go. So I, I do think running through the woods with the camera and it seems like a small point but it makes such a big difference yes that they got that balance right yeah 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 my favourite shot is the one they used for the promotional material oh uh, with Joseph standing on the stairs with yes. the lights shining behind him creating that silhouette of the creep yes that looks fucking beautiful that was an amazing shot, especially with a handheld camera. In fact, it utilised the fact there was a handheld camera because of the amount of exposure we get from that porch light thing Yeah, behind him. Yeah. That was a really clever, good... It's one of those things that seems really simple, but you, when you think about the thought that went into getting that shot and him talking at the, in the film, yeah. trying to get him to come in and have that last whiskey. Yeah. It's like his, his all his intentions are just overshadowed by this light. Yeah, and that picture of it, I think it is uh, it's very beautiful, and it's weird because every time I saw it on Netflix, I like I skip past it. I was like, nah, I don't want to watch it. Skip past, skip past. Watch, watch something else. Watch all this. Watch the uh, Icarus Project or whatever it was. Watch it, Sunny in Philadelphia again. Yeah, so, something like that. And then when uh, I was like, nah, that's gonna be weird. And then finally watched it. Wow. You just can't, I think I've said it before, you just can't judge judge a film by its... Thumbnail. Thumbnail. 
Just gotta get in there and watch it. Great. Your hair's growing back really quick. Thanks very much. When did you shave that? Uh, last week. Can I fuzz it up? No, you're not touching my fuzz. Sit down. You don't <laughs> want to touch your peach fuzz. <laughs> don't touch my feet. Peach fuzz. Feet fuzz. Uh, I wish I knew the rhyme that you sang, but... Hey, uh, what are you giving me, it? Well, I'm not... I'm giving the bit... Is that brandy all right, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. Um... Man, one of us is drunk and one of us is drugged to the eyeballs. Yes. Uh, for the rating of gore. Gore. Because we've got visual effects and gore in this. Of course. And I'm torn because there's one death scene in this film. And on first watch, I really liked it. Beautiful. He sneaks up, drives nuts into his head from behind. The way <laughs> the body just goes limp. It's sneak, bash, dead. No frills, no fight. And it's actually pretty good. It's but on a noise as well. Yes. And the noise. Got to get all the senses involved in horror for it to be a good one. And a rewatch, it occurred to me there was no blood at all. No splatter. Nothing. And then as a, they go back to the shot of him on the bench and there's no blood dripping or pooling or anything. Then that would be a massive wound. And now that I've noticed, it seems like a very obvious absence. It's quick. So you, you don't really notice it until you're analysing it, I suppose. But I let that go, because the film isn't about the gore. It's not about that. It's about everything leading to that. Yeah. And there will he, won't he. Yeah. The other thing I don't like about the killing is it doesn't make sense with the story. What do you mean? It happens in a crowded place. We know that it's crowded because he showed us footage of the area they were meeting up in. No, it's not crowded. He said, meet me here. Because he's, he's, he's bringing him there. And he's saying to him that this is a public place, but it turns out that it's not a public but place. But we see footage of people. No, we don't. He says it's a public place and he pans the camera to show us people around and no, the family. He no, he doesn't. Really? No, he doesn't. There's none of that. I'm sure he did. No, he didn't. All right, we'll contest that. We'll but... con- yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll leave that, that as an we'll impasse and yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out. I think it probably ruins the rest of my point, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it it happens in broad daylight, slowly creeping up, killing the man with an axe. Are we supposed to believe that a killer, sloppy enough to kill a man with an axe in broad daylight, no matter what you say, there's houses opposite on the lake? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Uh, and he just gets away with it, up to the amount of people he's killed. Yeah. And someone with the approach has killed numerous times and got away with it. Who will if you'll do that approach once, you'll do it again. Yes. So it just seems sloppy for a man who's got away with it that many times. But I, you've got to think now that this is bringing it on to the second film. Yeah. So that's got to be a beautiful thing. I've seen the second film. I know. You have. And we're going to do the second film, and then we're going to do the third when it comes out. When it comes out. Anyway. What are you doing for gore and visual effects? I want to give it a star. Okay. Okay? Yes. Just because it's shaky cam, it's done really f***ing well. Now I'm looking for a reason and to then disagree. I love I the bit where Joseph just brings the axe down on his head. End of the film. It's satisfying. Beautiful. So satisfying. But then we get to see a little bit more. 
in the second film. Well, even we get to see a, a little bit more at the end of this film where it shows, because you don't know anything about Joseph, really, until the after Aaron's dead. Yeah. And you see his collection of tapes and you yeah. think, ooh, yeah. there's more. And then yeah. you go, they've got to do more. And they could turn this into a really, really good cult uh, franchise. Which is gonna be... Yeah, I think it was after the first film, didn't he say, I'm going to do some tr- trilogy? Yes. And it's happening, basically. But I don't think they'll stop at three. Well, we'll see how three ends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah! So, two out of two. Two out of two. Next up, we have performance. So, we've already talked about performances quite a lot and how much we enjoyed them. So, there's not a lot to add. No. There are only two actors. Yeah. They're both pretty damn good. Oh, yeah, yeah. They wrote the film, shot the film, acted in the film. Sang a thief tune. (laughs) What is that from? Is that Little Britain? Is Is it Little Britain? Yeah. Little Bryn. Yeah, I feel dirty now. Yeah, I <laughs> don't can't really believe it. Put that on our podcast, and now it's there forever. <laughs> I just got to swill my mouth <laughs> out with brandy. Right, cheers. Variety magazine said that Creep. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Could have been more effective if Duplass's performance were a shade more ambiguous, and the audience had had a chance to at least fleetingly believe that Joseph might be telling the truth. Well, Variety magazine is wrong. Absolutely. Anything Duplass did by their own words and standards they have just set would never live up to that bar. Are they really saying they want to watch a horror and not suspect that someone might do something bad? And in a horror with only two characters, they want the only possible killer to not be suspicious in their minds while they're watching the film. That's impossible. Yeah, it's mental. And Variety can f*** off and suck Absolutely. a bag of dicks. Ha! <laughs> bag of dicks! I'm giving him a star. <laughs> and I'm sending Variety a bag of dicks. <laughs> yeah, star! And I'm gonna send him a bag of mass punk. A bag! Shit, that's a... I haven't told you I'll be the bag. going to take at least three wanks. No, I haven't told you I'll be the bag. Oh, yeah. You know those little salt sachets you get? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to fill one of them up. It's going to be moist. They're going to be seeping out. Salty. Salty. They're definitely wrong. (laughs) I mean, I don't get how the audience had a chance to fleeting believe Joseph might be telling the truth. (sighs) That's not going to happen in the film setup you've just done. Yeah, it's bollocks. Maybe if you set it up as a rom-com. Yeah, exactly. And and then turned it into a horror halfway through. Exactly. You might get me unsurprised, but there you go. What's next? Yo, next up, we got the musical score and sound effects. I got to the musical score and sound effects section of the review and was basically stuck trying to remember if there was any music at all. Can yeah, you, there is, is there? off the top of your head? Well, I, I don't think found that the music was apparently by Kyle Field and Eric Andrew Kuhn. I zoomed through the film again to try and find any music. Literally on Netflix, skip 10, skip 10, skip 10, drag a bit, skip 10, skip 10. I couldn't I couldn't find anything. There was a bit on the radio at the beginning when Aaron, Aaron, or Aaron was driving to the woods. And the end credits have a couple of banging tunes. 
that song at the end of the credits was actually awesome. And it just kicked into, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, good. Yeah. But that's but that's it. Yeah. We didn't need music though because it was a found footage film. It would be well, strange exactly. if there was a constant score. But you can't give it a star for something that's not there. No, you can't give it a star. It's uh, shaky cam. It's filmed on a a video camera. You ain't gonna have a fucking soundtrack to murder, are you? So bollocks. No, nah. and I know we usually do it for what they should do, but I feel like they they could have done something musical if they wanted to. No, nah, but that would have taken away the edge of it. Being I'm talking Tarantino real. style on no, a radio. No, in the like you don't have to have the music over as a soundtrack. While they're having drinks, there could have been music on the radio or uh, yeah, You could yeah. do it like that. You could be clever about it and have music in this film. I, yeah, but I don't, I'm not going to give it a star for musical sound effects. Well, no. No, 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 no. It did have a good sound effects when the axe went in the head. <laughs> give it point zero one for that. Yeah. Right. Last up, we got overall experience. I think a lot of people didn't get this film. Who didn't get this film? Well, I read a lot in preparation for this podcast. Wow. Because I love you all so much. Uh, And a lot of people... (laughs) That Cody's kicking in. (laughs) Get out of the corner. Put the Lego down. (laughs) There is some Lego over there, don't tell me. Put the Lego down. My boy's Lego. That's giant Lego as well. And why is there a T-Rex on it? Why wouldn't there be a T-Rex? Good point. (laughs) Anyway, from what I read, the reviews I read, the ratings I've seen, quite a few people didn't get this film. But it was a psychological thriller, and people seemed annoyed at the death count or annoyed at the lack of gore. Like I mentioned, the lack of blood. People were a lot. A lot of people were digging that apart. I don't know if people were expecting more of a bloodbath, but I really enjoyed it. I feel like I got it. You know what they were going for, what they were trying to do. The whole feel of the film kind of clicked with me. More than Borderlands did. Yeah. I only say that because it was a similar fan footage film we've just done. It kept me sufficiently on edge and weirded out exactly as it was meant to. Yeah. I'm going to say, for these kind of films, you've got to put yourself in the uh, the perspective of the filmer. So if you put yourself in... Uh, I don't want to say put yourself in Aaron... But if you put yourself in the perspective of Aaron in this film, that's a little bit scary, isn't it? Like, if that was you, if you're going, oh, hold on a minute, I'm going to go film this guy for a minute because he wants to chat all this bollocks, and then you get trapped in a house with him. I think you've got to have that ability to empathise with the main character. Yeah. In a way that you've kind of, you're watching the film and you're feeling what you would be feeling if you were that character. Yeah. Are there people who watch a film like this, a found footage from one guy's perspective, and you watch it thinking, shit, that's scary from that point of view? Well, uh, Are there people who watch it kind of like from an outside perspective and completely disengaged with that main character? Well, what character did you put yourself in? On that film. There's only two. No, the guy you... behind the camera. Patrick. Yeah, Aaron. Yeah. Patrick Bryce's character. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Aaron, yeah. So that's where that's where you'd put your... Yeah, I'm just saying, thing. are there people who are better at doing that? Well, I don't are there know. people who sit back and yeah. can watch it exactly. with like a screen between them and, and the character? Exactly, exactly. And I bet there's a few who there who are like, 
Yeah, I'm Joseph. I'm just about to cut your neck off. Oh, you're thinking from the other angle. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking from they're a third person. Do you know what I mean? Oh, looking out. Yeah, yeah looking yeah, from yeah, above. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was thinking. You're thinking. Some people are the they put themselves in the killer feet. Yeah, and some, and I, some, some people are. put themselves where they're meant to be. Yeah, behind the camera with uh, Aaron. Yeah, I'm saying there's another group Looking who are not right. engaged at all. Okay, right. Overall experience, I f-ing loved it, and I love two, and I can't wait for three. Where are we on points? Three out of four. Yeah. So if you gave it one, it's four out of five. Yeah. And I think that's where it's at. Yes. So I'm gonna leave it. Yes. And we're going to give it four out of five. Four out of five. lovely. Go and watch Creep. Sorry if we sport it, but you shouldn't be listening to this if we have. That's very true. In a second, we're going to tell you what the film is going to be for our next episode. Because we have a guest. The amazingly talented Andy Bones. Andy who? Andy Bones. Bosch. Bones. Bosch. Bones. Andy Bones. 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 And we're going to talk about his <laughs> film choice in a sec, but I got a plug to do first. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a cousin, Jimmy, called Daryl Hembra. Daryl Hembra. 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 Yep. And he is going to be in a short horror film. Oh, shit. As the main character looks in a serpent's touch it's as i say called a serpent's touch by Siegfried productions and leonardo graziosi i think i'm saying that very well sounds good so a serpent's touch is a 17th century horror short based in london 1666 lux mourns in the loss of his recently deceased mother agatha as he battles through the breaking relationship with his papa the sinister 80 year old morgue operator and I think it looks pretty good. Yeah, it sounds good. I have seen the trailer, and it's right up your alley. Oh, okay. I'll say a trailer. I think it's a trailer. They obviously haven't made it yet, so it was like a, I don't know if it's test filming they've done. That little tester. Yeah, yeah, little taster. It looks dark, grimy, what I've seen is black and white. Sounds good. Um, yeah, sounds good. It is going to be good. They're trying to raise money to finish getting it made, and I don't know... How they're funding at the moment, I spoke to Daryl. There was a Kickstarter. I'm not sure if that's happening anymore or a Patreon. Go and check out the trailer. Check it out. And also, in general, go and check out my cousin, Daryl Hembra. Do they need any extras? Because my acting is on point. Is it? Yeah. Just look at how happy I look. Wow. Sad. Wow. Shocked. Wow. Ecstatic. Wow. Scared? Yeah. Horrified? I'm not going to lie, they're all pretty similar. Jubilation. I've been caught out. Just fixing your clock. My what? Where is your dishwasher? Is that a look? Yeah. I didn't realise that was a look that yeah. they had. Uh, what what kind of expression? I, I can do shocked, and I can do uh, a little bit confused as to the whereabouts of your dishwasher. <laughs> and that was good, actually. I knew exactly what you were doing. Yeah, we'll be extras in it. Daryl, give us a call. No, yeah, uh, give us a call, please, um, please, please. Anywho, go check out 
Daryl Hembra, he is a stand-up comedian in Bristol. Beautiful. He's a model and apparently an actor now. Very so that's going to be good. Uh, you can see pictures of his dick online. Of his dick online? Yep. He's done nude modelling. Nude modelling? Yeah, that's where you do it in the... What in are the we doing now? What are we promoting here? Nude modelling. Like, what does this look like? <laughs> oh, yeah. Jimmy can do modelling, nude modelling as well, apparently. Yeah, it's a rocket ship. I wouldn't recommend it. It's a hairy rocket ship. Anyway, we're going to talk about uh, Andy's film now. We've talked about A Serpent's Touch. Give it a Google. Give it a touch. Give it a touch. <laughs> give it... Ah, oh, f*** it. I'm keeping that in. Give Go it give a it touch. a fund, is what I meant. I'm going to read you an IMDb description now of Andy Bones's film choice for the next episode. We already know what it is, uh, but I'm going to read it out and give you a second to have a guess, because that's the game. And... And then we're going to go and sleep it off. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's emotional. The spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home and hire a malicious spirit to drive them out. And it is... It's Beetlejuice! Ah. (laughs) <laughs> it is Beetlejuice. That will be our next episode. Beetlejuice. With Andy Bones. Andy Bones. So I think it's time. Yeah, I'm done. We're calling time of death at like a million hours. But it's okay. That's all right. Next episode will be our first ever interview slash guest. What he doesn't know is that I've placed cameras in his bathroom. Who are you talking about? Andy Bones. I've placed cameras all in his bathroom. Like creep. Oh, uh, I didn't get that. So that's going to be lovely for him. We'll find out. Right, let's end this. Because I'm going on a tangent. We are ending it. Time of death has been called. So we will see you for our next episode in two weeks' time with our first ever guest, Andy Bones, and his, quite frankly, amazing film choice of Beetlejuice. Do you? Nah, I'm done, mate. You're a dickhead. I'm off, mate. I'm sorry, but fuck.